Good morning. Merry Christmas to everyone. We trust that you had a blessed and wonderful time yesterday, giving praise in God for the greatest gift that we will ever receive, and that's eternal life through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I'm just excited about this season and every day of our lives, because every day of our lives is a blessing from God. Amen? So it is in, it's good for me to be here one more time. And I count it an honor and a privilege to be able to see you. I thank God for you. And like I said, we are extended family. We are one in the body of Christ. So there is no different. Our worship styles may differ, but our God is the same. And for that, we can say amen. Because our God is no respecter of persons. Amen. But you've heard, and for weeks coming up, you've heard the Christmas story you celebrated all season long. But God has a word for us today because there's work for us to do after his birth. So there's work for us to do after his birth. There's work for us to do after his death. He's given the church a commission and we are to seek and to save. We're to remind people of the Jesus story. We're to spread that good news everywhere we go. We're like the shepherds who once they came and, and, and found Jesus, they went out and tell, told the story of this king that was born in Bethlehem. But God has us looking at a word from Second Peter. Peter's one of my favorite apostles. Peter gets a lot of flack. But Peter was like most of us. He made mistakes. He was impetuous. He had some problems. <laughs> Amen. But with all that going wrong, he was chosen by God. You can look introspectively right there. With all that's going wrong in my life, I still was chosen by Almighty God. And that's enough to rejoice in, and I can sit down right there. <laughs> Amen. And I'm quite sure there's some of you who would like me to sit down. <laughs> but God has a little bit more for us than that. <laughs> but the scripture has been read, and I just want to look at one verse portion of a verse in verse five, right smack in the middle. You see these words, it says, add to your faith, add to your faith. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. And now father, as we approach the preached hour, Father God, we ask that you would increase any self in me, decrease. Father God, I did not call myself, so I'm leaning and dependent on you. Give a word today, Father God, that illuminates, that encourages, that heals, that Father God even saves and encourages. We thank you right now for this time. We thank you for this awaiting congregation. Bless them, bless their pastor, even in his absence. We thank you for Bishop Shared, Father God, and the Solid Rock family, we thank you for these two sister churches. 
But right now, Father God, we focus and depend on you. Preach in this place. Teach in this place. And Father, we will forever give your name the praise, the glory, and all the honor. For you alone are worthy to be praised. Now let the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart, be found acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength, my redeemer, my all in all. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Just for a few moments today, I'd just like to make a statement. And that statement simply is, keep on climbing. Keep on climbing. So my brothers and sisters, I, I come to you today as a proud recipient of the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. And I can stand here in spite of what's going on in our world. And even in my life, I can tell you without a doubt that I still have joy. I still have joy because I believe in the, the finished atoning work of Jesus Christ over 2,000 years ago on Calvary's Hill. I, I still believe in that. I still have joy because the, that blood that was shed for me over 2,000 years ago to cover all my guilt and all my shame, I believe that blood still works. I still have joy because death can't sting me anymore. I said I, I still have joy because the grave doesn't have victory over me anymore because over 2,000 years ago, early that Sunday morning, when God raised Jesus from the dead with all power in his hands, that gives me hope. And I still have joy. I still have joy even in this politically correct world because I know in spite of what they embrace, in spite of what they accept, in spite of how they act, I know that my heavenly father is sovereign and he's still in control and the battle is not ours, but the battle is the Lord's. I still have joy because in the face of good and bad, happy or sad, sickness or in health, employment or unemployment or underemployment, good relationships, bad relationships, no relationships, because I know that all things work together for good. To them that love God, to them that are the called according to his purpose. Sometimes it seems like we pay a little more attention to what's wrong in our lives than the good that God is doing in our lives. This is the attitude that, that keeps us, the church, from bearing fruit. And we become unproductive in the work of kingdom building. It's all right if you say it, but I'll move a little faster. <laughs> Self-deprivation has us feeling unworthy, and it keeps us stuck at faith in God. And you can't grow in Christ if you're still illuminating the sin that Christ saved you from. Okay, let me say it like this. Jesus must catch the fish 
before he can clean the fish. In other words, Jesus doesn't save perfect people. Jesus saved us yet while we were yet sinners. And if you've ever been fishing, then you know this to be true. You can't clean a fish before you catch the fish. My brothers and sisters, perfection is a process. It starts with salvation, moves on to regeneration, justification, sanctification, and they're all working simultaneously in us until that great day of glorification when we get to see our Lord and Savior, that baby born in Bethlehem, face to face. But it's the trick of the enemy, the devil, to keep you stuck at faith, where you look for God to constantly do for you. Instead of growing in your faith, where you can do for God and help build his kingdom. We will constantly live unproductive lives if we let the adversary keep us at faith and just feeling unworthy. And don't get me wrong. Faith in God is a great thing. But God doesn't want us to get stuck there. He wants us to add to our faith. Faith is a doorway that unlocks our humanity so that we can experience God in his divinity. Faith is the key that bridges the gap between earth and heaven. And we know it's impossible to please God without faith. But we also know that the just shall live by faith. Faith is critical for our lives. But we must add to our faith to bear good fruit for the kingdom of God. Everyone who is saved by the wonderful gift of God's grace we're most blessed. See, we've been saved from an eternity in hell. Hell was a place that was created for the devil and his demons. It's a place of torment and shame. It's a place of segregation and separation from God. A place of unfulfillment and lack. A place of fire but never being consumed. A place of agony with no relief. That's why our salvation should never be minimized. And it should never take second place to the trials and tribulations that you might be going through. Salvation must always be first and tantamount in our lives. And I don't know about you, but I, I thank God that he sent Jesus to save us. I said, I, I thank God that he sent Jesus to save us. See, that's why I cannot be complacent in my work and God's commission for my life. God didn't save us by our works, but God did save us so that we could work in kingdom building. That's why we must, we must, it's critical in these last days to keep on climbing and adding to our faith. There's a dying world that needs you and it needs you, and it needs all of us collectively. 
The lives we live will enable us to be like the first apostles and become fishers of men and allow God to clean the fish. We have much work to do. The gates of hell, the Bible says, cannot prevail against the church. And so I don't care what they say. We still can make a difference. We still can save souls for God. We can still stand on Christ, the solid rock, because all of the ground is still sinking sand. That's why today's text is so important for our growth. The Apostle Peter, who I said earlier, who gets highly criticized for being impetuous and impulsive and having hasty behaviors, he pens for us a letter today that should cause every believer to take a look at their lives and see how much growth you have after your initial, after you put your initial faith in Almighty God. Has your life after faith been fruitful and productive? Or has your life after faith been fruitless and unproductive? Peter was the epitome of what a work in progress looks like. See, when Peter met Jesus, he was a Galilean fisherman. No formal training like the apostle Paul, but just an ordinary unlearned fisherman. But Jesus, like he does with you and me, he saw the best in him. When everyone else around Galilee could only see the worst in him. Peter, for three and a half years, he walked with Jesus. He heard the teachings of Jesus. He witnessed the, the miracles of Jesus. He experienced God with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration, but yet Peter was still a work in progress. Peter was still susceptible to his humanity and, and the influence of Satan when he even denied knowing Jesus multiple times after Christ was arrested. But I said, thanks be to God for the redemptive work of Jesus that did not give up on Peter and has not given up on you and I. In spite of his flaws and our flaws, in spite of our human frailty, God has not given up on us. For it was Peter for it was Jesus after his resurrection, that he, he restored Peter. And he told Peter, he said, do you love me on multiple occasions? The grace of God restored Peter and, and, and challenged him to flee the flock and, and strengthen his brothers. And this is a job that Peter did with his whole heart until the day that he was martyred for Christ, hanging upside down on a Roman cross. I said, Peter lived a fruitful, purposeful life because he didn't get stuck at faith, but he kept on climbing until he reached heaven. So in today's text, this battle-tested soldier of the Lord, he writes to encourage Jewish converts to Christianity to add to their faith so that they will be productive and have an abundant 
entrance to the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. A simple principle of life tells us that every living being doesn't say the same from the beginning. Every living being grows in some way or another. Babies grow after birth. Trees and flowers grow after germination. Birds grow after coming out of their eggs. Tadpoles grow into frogs. Caterpillars grow and become beautiful butterflies. In life, everything must grow. So why would it be different with our Christian life? And that's the message that Peter wants to impart on these Jewish converts to Christ. And ultimately, that's the message that he wants to impart today to you and I. Peter tells them that I'm an apostle of Jesus Christ who, like you, obtained a precious faith through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. He told them that he wanted grace and peace to be multiplied to them through the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. And I hope y'all don't mind for the brevity of time that I just paraphrase the rest of the story. Peter wanted to, he wanted them to know that the divine power of God hath given us all things that pertain to life and, and godliness by the knowledge of him that called us to glory and to virtue. He tells them that because of their faith in God, they have escaped the corruption that's in this world through the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. He said through faith in God, it has given them exceedingly and great Precious promises, an eternal hope, and not eternal damnation. You will be partakers of the divine nature of Almighty God because of your faith. And that's good news right there. My faith will enable me to experience God's exceedingly great and precious promises and be a partaker of the divine nature of God. That's a whole lot. And although it might be good news, God does not want us to get stuck there. Your faith is only good news for yourself. Your faith allows you to benefit from what God did for you. But when you add to your faith and you keep on climbing, not only will you benefit, others will benefit from what God is doing through you. Peter tells them, with all diligence, don't get stuck at faith. You must add to your faith. If you're going to grow, then you must add to your faith. If you're going to be an effective witness for the Lord, then you must add to your faith. If you want to be able to withstand the fiery darts of the devil, then you must add to your faith. If you're tired of being tossed to and fro by the circumstances of life, by the coronavirus this week and that week, a new variant this week and, and that week, 
If you're tired of that, then you must add to your faith. If you want to be perfected and changed by God, then you must add to your faith. If you want your church to grow, if you want to reach the masses, then you must add to your faith. Your faith in God should compel you to work and to grow in kingdom building. See, I will never understand the entitlement mentality of those who say that they're in Christ. God does not owe any one of us anything. We owe God everything. That's why you can't be complacent with your faith and your God-given salvation. We should feel honored and privileged to be able to do anything for the kingdom. It'd be an honor if God told me to sweep the floors. It'd be an honor if God told me to clean the bathrooms. It'd be an honor if God told me to make the church a dinner. If God tells me I can do something for the kingdom, it's an honor. Because God doesn't owe me anything. Nobody should have to beg you <laughs> to do something for God. I think I'll say that again. Nobody should have to beg you to turn the heat on at the church, turn the lights on, get up early, spread some salt down. Nobody should have to beg you to sing for the Lord, to pray for his people. Let me, let me hurry on. I thought I was back at Solid Rock. Your faith should have you so excited to work in the kingdom that you're rushing in these doors. You're rushing in the church just to see what needs to be done, both spiritually and physically. And in order for the early Christians to survive, and not only survive, but to thrive, Peter told them that they must add to their faith. And if you want to make your calling and your election from God sure, if you don't want to fall, if you want to grow, if you want to live a, a purposeful, fruitful life, if you want to be on the offense and not always on the defense, then just add to your faith. If you're truly grateful to God, then you won't get stuck at faith, but you're going to keep on climbing because you want more Jesus in your life. See, there's no limits to the possibilities when you add to your faith. And Peter can testify to that. Because when Peter added to his faith, he went from being an ordinary fisherman to become an extraordinary or an extraordinary fisher of men. I said he went from denying Christ to making the declaration that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God on the day of Pentecost. I said there's no limits to your possibilities when you add to your faith. When you add to your faith, you're not only going to survive, but you're going to thrive in the midst of pandemics, in the midst of oppression and depression. You're going to strive. In the midst of recession, in the midst of high interest, you're going to strive. 
I said, when you add to your faith, you will be satisfied no matter what state you're in. You'll be satisfied no matter what you got under the Christmas tree. I said, when you add to your faith, your change, your, your perspective will change by elevating yourself above the mundane situations of your life, among, above the mundane circumstances or monotonous circumstances of your life. When you add to your faith, you get further away from corruption that's in this world, and, and you get closer to the perfection that you have in Christ Jesus. I said, when you add to your faith, you increase the inward man by decreasing the outward man. Peter told them then, and I tell you right now, it's time to climb, and it's time to add to your faith. Faith is the first step on the ladder to glory. So keep on climbing and don't stop until you see Jesus face to face. I said, when you keep on climbing, you add another attribute of God. And when you add onto God's attributes, you can see the transformation happening right before your very eyes. Romans 12, 2 says, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You can do the will of God when you keep on climbing. Peter said, when you add virtue to your faith, you're going to add purity, goodness of life, and good works. When you add knowledge to virtue, you're going to add a greater testimony to your works. He said, when you add temperance to knowledge, you're going to add self-control to your testimony. When you add patience to temperance, you're going to add endurance to your self-control. When you add godliness to temperance, you're going to add closeness to God to your endurance. When you add brotherly love to godliness, you're going to add fellowship to your closeness to God. I said, when you add charity or love to brotherly love, you will add Christ-like life to fellowship. And when you add Christ-like life to fellowship, then you're going to add it all up and you're going to be like him. For we shall see him as he is. I said, my brothers and sisters, it's time to add to your faith. It's time for the church to climb. We have some fish to catch because Jesus has some fish to clean. When you add, keep on climbing. You better believe that prison doors <laughs> will be open. Generational curses will be broken. I said, when you keep on climbing, red seas in your lives are going to open up to be highways. Because you're using what God has given you. I said, when you keep on climbing, your walls of Jericho will come tumbling down with a shout of your praise. I said, when you keep on climbing, your giants will fall because you won't let nothing or anybody disrespect your God. I said, when you keep on climbing, you will jump into a fiery furnace because you know that God would be the air conditioning for you. When you keep on climbing, you can make your bed in the den of a lion because you know that 
the lion of Judah walks before you. I said, when you keep on climbing, you'll be able to mount up with wings as eagles. You'll be able to run and not be weary. When you keep on climbing, your afflictions won't hinder you because you know that God has a balm in Gilead for you. I said, when you keep on climbing, even when you have to walk by yourself, you'll know that you're never alone. Don't stop climbing. Church, don't get stuck at faith. Climb when you're falsely accused. Climb when your children are out of control. Climb when you just don't understand and it doesn't make sense. Climb when you don't see a way. If you are truly grateful and want to be like Jesus and make a difference in this world, then you must keep, you must keep on climbing. Climb when you're tired and you don't want to go. Climb like Jesus when they convicted him of love in the first degree. Climb when you're forced to carry your cross daily. Climb when you're beaten and mocked. Climb like Jesus when they stretched him high and stretched him wide on that old rugged cross. I said, climb like Jesus when they nailed him and to his hands, put nails in his hands and nails in his feet. Climb like Jesus when they lifted him and suspended him between earth and heaven. Climb when you feel forsaken by your heavenly father. Climb and don't stop climbing until you know your work on this earth is finished. Climb until you take your last breath. And when you do this, just like Jesus, the father will raise you. <laughs> Like Jesus early that Sunday morning. And you'll hear him say to you personally, well done, thou good and faithful service. And then you'll truly be able to sing that song, how to reach the masses, men of every birth. For an answer, Jesus gave the key. And he said, if I, if I be lifted up from the earth, I'll draw all men unto me. I said, you'll be able to sing it for real. Lift him up. Lift him up. Still he speaks from eternity. And he said, if I, if I be lifted up from the earth, I'll draw all men unto me. Church, Christ Presbyterian, solid rock, keep on climbing. Climb to heights that you didn't know you could scale. Everest is too small. You got to climb higher. Because you and only you, the redeemed of the Lord, can make a difference in this dying world. We are the salt of the earth. We're the light that sits on a hill. Shed your light in this coming new year. There's a whole world that needs Christ Presbyterian. There's a whole world that needs to hear from Pastor Tracy and Bishop Shared. And they need to hear from Jody. They need to hear from each and every one of you. Church, keep on climbing and don't stop until you see him for yourself.